This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, doing okay. It's, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're making it. Things are, things are crazy in, uh, in our world and in the world, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're doing okay. There's currently actually a, uh, this, uh, Cristobal, the uh, tropical storm that's kind of moving through our area right now, it made landfall around New Orleans uh, yesterday and is kind of moving up this way. And it, it's it's amazing. There's so much other news going on in the world right now that I didn't even I, I wasn't even aware that we had a, a tropical storm uh, coming coming through our our town. Yeah, <laughs> and so. That is crazy, man. The winds picked up and we were like, uh, you know, it, it was raining and I was like, what is this? And so I started looking into it and and who knew, you know, but uh, anyway, so we're very wet. Yeah. So this is interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious from your perspective here because I was watching that for the last few days because, you know, for a brief minute, it looked like it was going to head in the direction of Houston. Might be heading y'all's way. Yeah. Right. And then and we were actually so, you know, I was just sharing this to you with you before we, we uh, clicked record here, but. Uh, the kiddos are, are visiting their grandparents in Jackson, so they're in your neck of the woods. Yeah. And I remember when we were getting everything in order, I thought, oh, great. If the hurricane hits here, or if the tropical storm, rather, hits here and it's really bad, then it'll be nice not to have to worry about the kids. But now it's headed directly for, for the kids. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Y'all are inland enough. You know, I mean, just kind of as a, a fun nah. little factoid, man, in, in terms of uh, in terms of kind of tropical storms, hurricanes and the like. I mean, really, Katrina is in the history of, of uh, or at least the, in our lifetime, uh, Katrina was really the big one that, that impact that went inland enough to impact Jackson in any kind of significant way. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 hopefully y'all just get some, some rain and probably a lot of rain and, and that sort of thing, but we'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. And if not, I'll be calling you to go pick up the kid. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> it's exactly in my canoe or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, just one more, one more chapter in a, in a crazy 2020, but, um, yeah, man. So things are going good here. What's, uh, what's going on with you in, uh, in Houston other than re- enjoying hopefully a little, uh, a little respite from the, from the kiddos, from the kiddos, man. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really nice. Um, we actually, we just kind of started our, our vacation at home. Of course, obviously all of our, uh, all of our travel uh, is uh, was wiped off from this year, both work and and for fun. And so we're uh, we're trying to kind of you know spend the next few days doing our best we can to to kind of vacation at home. And uh, I you know I, it's it's good, it's good. It's been um, it's been it's been nice. So we we were uh, enjoying it, making some good food, uh, putting on putting on some uh, some music, kind of putting the shades on, man, enjoying the heat, the sweltering heat of uh, Houston, and and you know, all things considered, man, it is not too bad. Uh, well, hey, man, of course, we, uh, we, we want to give a shout out to the amazing folks that are making this podcast happen over at patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. Uh, if you've not already joined the International Pipe Smoking Club, Pipe Club, that is the International Country Squire Radio Pipe Club, head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio to learn more there. Uh, man, we've got, uh, we've, got, we've got some fun show to dive into here. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of excited, man, because the, the topic this week I, you know, I, I know this came up recently. I can't quite remember how this came up recently, but I, I remember, I, th- I think like maybe it was a listener feedback or, or perhaps even a question. Maybe it had to do with the chair. Who knows? But this was kind of a topic of discussion and somebody threw out this term desk pipe, which I uh, was kind of like, what? This was com- <laughs> completely a foreign concept to me. And I remember asking you, maybe even bothering you over the last couple of weeks for, for further explanation. And every single time you've explained this to me, I am completely lost. So, <laughs> you know, I always feel that my major contribution, man, to this podcast is to represent those of our listeners who also at times feel completely lost. And so from that standpoint, man, we are diving into the world of desk pipes, also known as what was it? Furniture pipes? Yeah, tabletop pipes. Table or, uh, table pipes. pipes, right? Yeah, furniture. Uh, you know, furniture pipes, more or less. Yeah, these are. Uh, and, and Bo, you you represent so much more than just the uh, oh, just the on. unknown. You know, I mean, 
think about think about all the um, the uh, just incredible people out there that you uh, that you speak for. So let, let's let's give yourself props. But all right, I appreciate the, um, that. <laughs> the uh, man, the tabletop pipes. It, it is interesting. It's kind of how this uh, percolated to the top of uh, you know our our conversation stack, uh, particularly when we talked ar- around the um, you know the chair and the. Uh, you know, the, the smoking chair experience and, you know, folks were kind of, you know, talking about, well, you know, there's these, you know, pipes that I've found that I can uh, kind of rest on my, you know, when I'm lounging in this very specific chair and, um, you know, I can rest this pipe on my chest and I don't really have to move and it's always there. And so, um, you know, it, it's like, well, how do we, how do we, you know, uh, take that and uh, create a pipe that we can use in a uh, functional way that, um, you know, makes that an everyday experience kind of thing. And so, um, it, this is one of those, like, welcome to the weird, wild world of pipes episodes. <laughs> in, in case you didn't know that that existed. Yes. The weird wild oh, world man. of pipes is, is strong. <laughs> you, you should, you should know by now, if you've listened to more than, you know, a handful of episodes of this show that, um, that the pipe, pipe culture and pipe community can be downright, uh, downright weird, yeah. <laughs> Especially the two uh, featured uh, right here on this show. But uh, yeah, sometimes you know, the more I get into this, the more I think, man, we we really eat up with weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's one of those peculiar uh, or bizarre uh, pipes, and and so this this episode is kind of a, a feature on um, you know the history of that. But you know, it's it's also kind of a pipe shape episode. Just thinking about. Um, you know, we, we've talked in the past, most recently, about Canadians, and uh, we've talked at, at length about Lavats, billiards, um, you know, in the distant past, pokers and, and bulldogs, and, um, you, you know, just kind of uh, where those came from, why people enjoy them, why, pe- why people like them, um, you know, but so this kind of fits into that category, but it's, uh, but, but it's, it's more than that because it's just so doggone bizarre. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the desk pipe, of course, we're talking about any pipe that can sit on a table while smoking. And so, you know, imagine a, a, a pipe that sits there, but then you can be reclining back in your chair, uh, you know, it maybe one or two feet, maybe several feet away from this pipe while you're, uh, while you're enjoying it. And so, and, and, and if, if what I just described brought to your mind, the concept of a hookah or a water pipe, uh, you're not, you're not wrong, right? Oh, um, okay. you know, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that is, that, that correlation is, is very much there. And, um, you know, the first table pipes, uh, were undoubtedly inspired by the Arabic water pipes. Uh, you know, think about, um, you know, uh, you know what the world was like at, you know, the turn of, uh, not the 20th century, but the 19th century, you know, around 1800, we had, uh, you know, the British were, uh, very active in, uh, you know, parts of the world such as India and the Middle East and, uh, you know, really ramping up their, their empire that were, you know, was to become eventually, uh, you know, the sun would never set and all that kind of stuff. And so they were finding all these... Uh, yes, you know, yes, excuse us. Uh, yes, uh, terribly sorry, to intrude, but we've got this flag here. We thought we might just leave it here and uh, right. totally upset your entire way of life. Oh, what is this? <laughs> Spice, is it? Oh, we've, we, Let's try this. Let's show it back home. Let's not use it in any of our food, but of course, British food could not tolerate spice, but <laughs> this is going to be wonderful. Yes, yes. <laughs> Please continue. So we're, so we're all... Hey, Bo, that was great, man. I, I gotta you. give it to you. Most of the time your accents are just just awful but that 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 was that that was awesome you you nailed that one (laughs) just trying to just trying to do my part (laughs) no you did great think about all the exposure that the um you know that the that the folks going overseas uh you know got during that time period and then bringing these things back and they're like well you know how do we incorporate this into our culture into our uh dandy lifestyle and all this kind of stuff and so uh the first table pipes were were born they were inspired of course by these arabic water pipes uh designed to consume the shisha tobacco. We've, we're talking about, uh, you know, wet, highly aromatic tobacco. Uh, smoke typically passes through. Uh, some type of water is cooled and, and aerated. And, uh, you know, it, historically, these pipes have been, uh, you know, made out of uh, glass, copper, brass, uh, you know, leather accents and things of that nature, but uh, very elaborate pipes. And, and so bringing this back to, let's say, Great Britain or France or, or Prussia, you know, you're thinking, well, like, how do we how do we smoke our uh, traditional, you know, Western style pipe tobacco, um, you know, in this manner? Is there a way we can do this? Is there a way that, uh, you know, the the dandy can, uh, you know, take his favorite, uh, you know, import from Virginia and, and smoke it in a way like this? So, you know, folks 
that he's uh, around and related to and, and friends with know that he's, uh, you know, aware of what's going on overseas and all this kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, the table pipe was born uh, kind of in that sense. And so um, really, really fascinating. Bo, have you ever smoked a hookah? Is that something you've, you've done before? So I want to say that I, I can't remember if it was my 30th birthday or something. Uh, I remember somebody brought a hookah over to the porch, like on the porch patio. And so that was like the, the first time that I tried it. Um, it was like a chocolate. I, I remember they had some sort of like chocolate tobacco or something of that nature. And I was fascinated by the whole ordeal. And I did not hate it. I did not hate it. I mean, like it was it was very interesting, very different. Um, but it seemed like, how do I say this? Like it, it's... Uh, like, like I, I hadn't leveled up my pipe abilities yet to be able to really like <laughs> legitimately know anything about the various components that made up the thing or, or really have a, a firm understanding of it, but it was pretty cool. It, it, admittedly, it's hard for me to visualize, uh, even, even kind of that concept because so much is kind of put into it with the water and everything for, a you know, for a traditional tobacco pipe or, or, you know, uh, re, you know, the, the more, you know, uh, well, no, I mean like that, that's. All right, I'll just be totally honest right now, Matt. Okay, this is just me, cards on the table. I typically <laughs> I typically like whenever we're about to talk about, especially a different style of pipe, doing a little bit of research and trying to find imagery online. And try as I might, man, I can't even wrap my head around this thing because if you search for like, you know, uh, table pipes or um, tabletop pipes or, or desk pipes, what you generally get is a very millennial style of, you know, desks that are made out of industrial pipes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not like you can just look up bulldog pipe and boom, there it is. Like, this is like, yeah. I, like, where do I, how, you're going to have to help me, man. Cause I know you've described this. You've kind of made the comparison, but I need to, I need to be able to see this. Yeah, man. Insert the word smoking into your, into ah. your Google search. <laughs> <laughs> that is the very pro tip right there. <laughs> very important. Pro pro tip. Anytime you're, uh, you know, trying to find out something about uh, anything pipe related on the uh, the the Google verse, uh, man, insert the word smoking, and that will that will help, uh, you know, critically. But you know, it, it, you're right. I mean, it is kind of this, uh, you know, strange thing. It's like, how do we envision this? And 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 so when you're talking about hookah. Uh, you know, when you're talking about that experience, uh, you know, if you are familiar with it, if you have smoked hookah before, of course, it is a it is a different type of tobacco. It's a different type of flavor profile. And uh, we typically have a lot uh, wetter, fresher, crisper, colder uh, flavors and, and, and uh, you know, the experience on your on your mouth. And, uh, you know, the, the tobacco is very strong and uh, is more highly aromatic and the whole process of getting it ready and and consuming it and then taking it apart and cleaning it all that's different you know wholesale um, but but you know it's like well how do we take some of the experience of that we're thinking you know you're, you're placing your pipe on the table and then you know you've got these hoses that kind of come out of the pipe uh, that the user can recline while they're smoking their their pipe and and then you know in, in the most interesting and and uh, socially active uh, you know, pipe situations, you've got uh, pipes that have multiple hoses coming out of the, the pipe. And so, uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a one pipe that's got maybe three or four, uh, you know, hoses with mouth, mouthpieces on them. And so, so, you know, three or four people are able to smoke the same uh, tobacco at the same time. Now, you know, so, so it's like, well, can we accomplish this with traditional Western, uh, you know, pipe tobacco? And, and the answer is a definitive Kinda. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. 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 So yeah. your guy, your guidance has helped me out now. I am seeing these pipes where they're like a little block right there. Like, as you say, with kind of a hose coming out of it. Um, it, it would be very interesting to kind of visualize the concept of multiple people. Like if there was, you know, like four hoses going out in different directions, but I mean, is the technology there? Have we gotten to that stage? Yeah, it, you know, it, the uh, again, the answer is is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these things. Like, uh, of course, you know, they tried uh, during the the nineteenth century to make this uh, a thing, and and really, uh, you know, really at the at the dawn of this, you know, they were bringing all these interesting things back. Hey, let's try to make these pipes out of uh, you know different material and uh, mimic these Arabic pipes. Uh, you know, uh, large chunk of wood. Uh, you know, uh, fitted with maybe leather or a rubber hose or something of that nature, and then uh, voila. But, you know, the, the folks that were really 
um, you know, doing this, that, that, we're, that we're really purchasing and consuming and, and, you know, showcasing these things were really your dandy culture. You know, your folks, uh, the more wealthy, the royalty, uh, folks that needed something, uh, you know, obscure and interesting and, and that conversation piece in their parlor to, uh, you know, maybe wow their guests or things of that nature. And so these are not highly practical pieces, but they were uh, indeed pieces that, um, you know, obviously were inspired from uh, well-traveled folk or well-read folk, uh, you know, things of that nature, folks with resources to procure items like this and, and have them custom made, you know, so, and we talk about when you're smoking a pipe, right? We've said it multiple times throughout the course of our, our, uh, our show, you know, you're already making a statement, right? <laughs> you're already making a statement, but wow, what a statement. Like, you know, you're going to smoke this, uh, this pipe. Let's say you're in, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, early, uh, 19th century France and, you know, you're in the upper class and uh, you've got an apartment in, in Paris or wherever you are and uh, and you have your friend over for some some cognac and, you know, you're you're talking and, and then all of a sudden you uh, like this uh, this box on your on your desk and, you know, in, 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 or maybe your coffee table and, and you offer a hose to your, uh, your counterpart there. And then each of you are puffing on this hose and that are both leading into this box that are, that is, you know, where, where your, uh, sweet Virginia, uh, burly pipe mixture flavored with a little rum is, is hanging out. And it's like, man, is this reality? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how this started. And, you know, again, during the 19th century, these pipes were, you know, they were starting to manifest themselves in, in Europe, particularly the UK, uh, Germany, parts of France. And they, they would be made mostly of porcelain, uh, sterling silver, meerschaum. Uh, the finest examples of this, the finest pieces, were uh, very spectacularly carved meerschaum blocks, you know, and, and we've seen meerschaum blocks that can be carved in all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, obviously we've got the, you know, the big eagle claw holding the bowl, and we've got uh, the, the rose and, you know, all these uh, beautiful pieces and, uh, you know, things that, uh, you know, even, you know, uh, ships that are carved out of meerschaum that become pipes and, and all this kind of stuff, but uh, the faces of dogs and elephants. But imagine a, you know, a gigantic piece that, that takes up almost your entire table. Uh, it's this spectacular Meerschaum uh, block that's, you know, as big as, as perhaps a, a, you know, coffee maker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it might have a, a, a very simple bowl or it might uh, have the image of plants and pastoral scenes or mythology carved from, you know, all, all this, um, this large piece that features, you know, somewhere in it the uh, place you put the tobacco. Tobacco, uh, that chamber, uh, enough drilling to get the air holes out to, um, you know, these these rubber or let at the time leather mouthpieces, and then and then these hoses that are made of those materials are, are going to, uh, you know, maybe two, three, four different people, and those folks are sitting around their, uh, you know, their their little English parlor, and they're and they're chatting, and 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 they're smoking this interesting, um, you know, pipe tobacco from this interesting device. So um, that's how this kind of started, you know, again in the 1800s. So um, it, it very simple concept, but elaborately uh, pulled off and something that was very much a, um, a statement piece. So, um, you know, it, it, it mimicked the hookah uh, because it kind of created this, you know, uh, communal uh, experience, you know, but, but also pipe smoking has always kind of been communal, you know, folks like to light up at a tavern or a pipe shop or whatever, whatever it might be. And so uh, it just was an extension of that. But, but think of something that is so uh, you know, really played off that Victorian majesty, you know, uh, that that uh, incredible, um, you know, elaborate Baroque, uh, you know, experience that, you know, all the carvings and, and everything that would go into basically a sculpture that was a pipe that sat on a desk that, um, that folks around the room could enjoy and share. And so, um, you know, that was the that was the idea. Hmm. Uh, yeah, around the around the turn of the twentieth century, so we're we're you know getting close to um, uh, to nineteen hundred here. You know, this gave way uh, to a little more practicality. We have uh, the attempts to be a little more mainstream, right, and less uh, you know less less uh, ostentatious, perhaps. But uh, the turn of the twentieth century, the table pipes were begun to be marketed to the everyday uh, pipe smoker. And so, you know, you would actually see and, uh, you know, these interesting kind of uh, leaflets being passed out, you know, it maybe go down to so-and-so's pipe shop and they've, 
uh, you know, made this pipe and it's basically out of a, a cross section of a, a cherry tree where they've, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, drilled a couple of uh, holes into it and, and fitted a, a, you know, a primitive piece of rubber there to, you know, create this hose and that becomes the, uh, the mouthpiece. Uh, and then, you know, slowly introducing things like a vulcanite mouthpiece, rubber hoses, um, you know, uh, better, more quality pieces of briar, uh, you know, that uh, would make more and more high quality table pipes. Um, you know, and, and so the table pipes began to be marketed to the everyday smoker. It was still very much an oddity. Uh, again, not particularly practical, but, um, you know, of course they tried, right? They were trying as, as so many folks uh, have in, in so many um, ways to make the pipe uh, that much more um, interesting and edgy. And, uh, you know, th think of what, what would be more fascinating for a pipe. You know, this is the same period uh, uh, that the windshield pipe came out, right? I mean, think about the, you know, Dunhill creating this pipe that's got this huge, uh, you know, uh, upper shelf on the, the forward part of the pipe to block the uh, the wind from coming over the pipe. I mean, it's just bizarre looking, but, but you know, one more thing to kind of push the envelope to, um, you know, to make it that much more interesting and marketable. And, um, you know, folks are always trying to, to um, you know, find the next thing. And so, um, you know, it, it was very much an oddity, but uh, the large, you know, chunk of briar has just gotten more and more, um, you know, uh, elaborate or, or a more and more, uh, you know, attractive and uh, where folks could, um, you know, feel like this was actually a viable thing to, to do. The big players uh, eventually got involved in the, um, you know, in the, in the desk pipe making game. The big players eventually got involved in the, you know, desk pipe making game. And so you uh, eventually had these, uh, you know, chunks of briar that, uh, you know, were were uh, procured by you know famous makers like uh, Savinelli and and Dunhill and uh, Vowen and 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 folks that would um, you know create these uh, these monstrosity pipes and and drill them out, but then you know finish them in their own unique way and stamp them with their name and um, and it was something that you know maybe wasn't readily available in their normal catalog, but but maybe if you went to a really high end retailer or or one of their um, you know their main you know factory store or something of that nature. Uh, you could find this as an option, someone, something that was marketed to uh, maybe the collector or, uh, you know, someone that uh, had some more resources and wanted that really interesting piece, uh, albeit a little more practical than the things we saw in the, in the 1800s. So, um, so yeah, it just uh, kind of eventually went from there and you had, uh, you know, carvers uh, occasionally make these pieces like this. Um, and, and, you know, so what's, what's happening here, you've got a, you've got a, a maybe a chunk of briar, uh, occasionally meersham, meersham or porcelain, um, and, and the pipe tobacco, the bowl is, is, you know, similar to any other pipe bowl, but then a lot of times the, the it's drilled to where it exits in, out of the, uh, chunk of wood or the chunk of meersham, and it exits directly into, typically nowadays a rubber or silicone hose that, uh, you know, extends maybe several feet away from the pipe uh, and ends in a vulcanite or ebonite mouthpiece. And then, uh, you know, you suck on that mouthpiece. Now, so, okay, how is this different from smoking a normal pipe? Well, obviously, you know, it's going to be a little cooler, right? Because the smoke has so much farther to travel uh, during that, you know, smoking experience. But then, you know, but the, a, a lot remains, right? I mean, okay, you're sitting far away from this tobacco bowl, but you're still going to have to lean over occasionally and tamp your ashes, right? <laughs> you're still occasionally going to have to go over and make sure that your pipe is uh, is still lit and, um, you know, and, and, and all that. And so it, there's an element of uh, clumsiness to it that's being... Um, just kind of exasperated almost. It's, um, you know, just one more thing that you have to, to worry about. Oh, well, let me get up from my reclining position and go walk over here and tamp my pipe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, man, do we really want to do that? But, um, but you know, it, the, the idea persisted and uh, there was a marketed as a, the good night pipe that was, uh, you know, found, um, I think in Western Europe, but it was, uh, you know, a pipe where, you know, basically the images were shown, uh, the marketing material of this uh, you know, lady uh, in her nightgown falling asleep uh, with on her bedside table a, a beautiful oil lamp, and then this and then this block of briar that had a hose that <laughs> went, right. went from her nightstand up into her uh, to her um, you know delicate little paw while she's holding her 
you know, her mouthpiece, uh, uh, you know, flirting with sleeping and, and smoking her pipe. And so <laughs> it's just like, man, this is, uh, this is reality. So, um, you know, again, these were, um, you know, attempts to make uh, something different and, uh, and, and kind of bizarre into more of a, uh, you know, a mainstream thing. And, and, and it never really took, you know, it was something that was kind of destined to be, uh, you know, on the outskirts. I, I've never met anybody, uh, that has regularly smoked a, um, you know, a, a desk pipe or a table pipe. It's just not something that, uh, you see, I, I've never seen any, uh, in catalogs that I've ordered from. I've only seen a few in person that, uh, were created by American pipe carvers and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so there, there are, uh, you know, some beautiful examples out there and, um, you know, most of the ones are, are historical and, you know, fine collections, uh, of pipe makers that, that, you know, occasionally were featured in publications like, uh, Pipes and Tobacco's magazine or, or Pipes magazine or something of that nature. But, um, you know, this is not a readily available thing that you're going to go out and find. You're going to, uh, you know, if you want this experience today, you're going to probably have to, you know, commission someone to, uh, to do that. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of fascinating. It's a different, a different take, uh, something that, you know, doubles as a conversation piece, furniture, uh, you know, a smoking pipe that, you know, allows you to enjoy tobacco with, uh, perhaps, uh, multiple friends and, um, you know, and, and, and there's different takes on it as well. We talked about kind of the internal engineering of the pipe. You've got the bowl, uh, a traditional draft hole is drilled out and then exits into some type of rubber or silicone hose, but, but you've got modifications of this too, right? You've, because there's such a big piece of briar or meerschaum that's just literally sitting on the table, uh, folks are like, well, let's, let's monkey with it a little more. Let's tinker with it more. What if we, uh, what if we created a, a calabash system where the, you know, the smoke exits the bowl and then enters this gigantic, uh, you know, kind of calabash reservoir and, and then goes into the rubber hose. And so it cools down that much further, you know, and that much more. And so, um, you know, a lot of times these, these table pipes, uh, according to, you know, folks that smoke them, um, you know, will have that real soft, airy, wispy, uh, you know, a draw to them, that mouth feels very delicate and, uh, the smoke by the time it gets to you is, uh, is quite cool. And so, um, you know, it's just one more reason to, to experiment with them and, and try them out. But, um, you know, that's kind of the idea. So, you know, eventually American carvers, uh, you know, really took this on. And so, uh, some really neat and, and interesting, uh, examples from uh, folks we've talked about on the air before, Ole Sylvester, uh, and you know uh, folks like Chris Kelly with Eldritch Pipes, uh, just very beautiful pieces, very interesting pieces that incorporate uh, all kinds of materials. Uh, you know, not just briar, but um, I mean, you name it. I mean, you can, uh, you know, obviously when you're talking about Ole Sylvester and the types of material you would put right. into a pipe, I mean, anything's on the board, right? <laughs> <laughs> with monstrosity pipes, but um, you know, but um, probably the the finest example I've seen is something that uh, near to dear, near and dear to us, Bo, over the past several years has uh, was a was a pipe created by Nate King. It was featured on the uh, the front page of the uh, Pipes and Tobacco's magazine uh, in the spring of 2015, and it was when Nate uh, made the Mike pipe. <laughs> Do you remember seeing that? Bo? Right. Yes, that? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't we even like talk to him a little bit about like, hey, cool concept? It seems like maybe we discussed it with him uh, up in um and uh, maybe the Briar Lab folks or something up in Chicago, but um. Man, so interesting, and it just this beautiful retro mic uh, microphone, you know, that's uh, you know kind of inserted on this piece of briar. It's got this uh, silicone hose that comes out and is uh, wrapped with these little polyester cords that kind of makes it uh, look like a power cord type thing. Very interesting and uh, retro, uh, and and it's a smokable, functional pipe. You know, just a real piece of piece of art. Um, and something that took a lot of creativity to do. So, uh, so near and dear to, to my heart uh, is the uh, is is the pipe, the Mike pipe, uh, which we have, uh, of course, uh, an affinity for because we are Country Squire Radio, and our logo is the pipe Mike. And so, um, exactly, it um, yeah, it just it just seems right. But um, yeah, man. So desk pipes, <laughs> table pipes, uh, that's um, you know, kind of the kind of the the whole kit and caboodle. You know, it's it's interesting. It's something that. 
uh, is not particularly, um, you know, sought after. It, it is, uh, you know, kind of one of the random uh, crazy uncle corners of the pipe world, which in the pipe world, that's really saying something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, right. uh, yeah, just one of those things that uh, is out there. And um, I would really be interested uh, to know if any of our listeners have desk pipes. And, and you know, if you do specifically, I'm, I'm calling on you. We, we need your help. Give us some feedback on what that's like. Uh, send us send us some notes on what it's like to smoke a uh, a tabletop pipe, a desk pipe. You know, something that um, you know what what is the what's the maintenance like? What is the smoking experience like? How does it affect the flavor? How does it affect the draw? Um, you know, I, I've never smoked a desk pipe. I've never smoked a, a tabletop pipe. And so, uh, as long as I've been in this game and uh, and everything, that's something I have yet to check off my list. And so, I'd I'd love to know. I'd love to get some feedback on that. And um, um, you never know. Maybe this is um, maybe there's one more uh, opportunity for the pipe community to to try to stir the pot a little bit and uh, and maybe get this uh, get this thing popularized. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. I, I got to tell you, man, it's interesting because it makes me think about we've talked about it before. Just the uh, the nature of innovation that can sometimes be within just kind of the, the, the pipe industry. And then also just what we've seen, like there was, there was this age, right? Like there was this age of innovation that existed for pipe carvers where you did get things like the windshield pipe or like the desk pipe here. Like that's, and, and, you know, I, I think that it, it's interesting because on the one hand you see during that time period, a lot of focus on function. Yeah. Uh, what, how do I say this? Like if the goal was to make things like better, or more convenient. I don't know that the quote unquote age of innovation, so to speak, as I just coined it was actually all that successful, right? Like you've got a lot of, well, I mean, you know, meaning no disrespect to that. No, era I, or the, I you understand. Know. Yeah. But I, like, that's the thing, every single weird pipe and I, you know, I use weird loosely here, but every single kind of like out there pipe like that comes from around that same era and nobody uses them anymore. And from the sounds of things, nobody really, <laughs> ever used them then. And so they, they almost, you know what, here's, this is exactly what I'll call them. It's like, it's like the DeLorean era of pipes, right? (laughs) See, see, that's, that's, you can, you can use that because obviously that's, that's practically a compliment right there. The DeLorean is an iconic. It it is. No, that's, that's right. I mean, who wouldn't want to be associated with that if you're into that world, but exactly. um, Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but that's the thing, right? So, I mean, you had, you know, for those unfamiliar, uh, you know, go watch Back to the Future because that's obviously the most iconic DeLorean out there. But I mean, like that was a car that was, you know, you know, it had like the the winged doors and, and everything else. And it was going to be this lean, mean machine. And it was kind of, you know, uh, not very strong and it was not that fast. And the doors looked cool. It looked like a spaceship. But at the same time, you know, who's going to use that? Exactly. And so, you know, it does kind of make me think about that. Like you do have these iconic pipes that are so very out there for making a statement. You almost, you know, just like Marty McFly made the DeLorean cool. Perhaps there needs to be like a, uh, you know, (laughs) some, some sort of like out there Gandalf chilling out with his, uh, with his, uh, with his table pipe. pipe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As opposed to the church warden. Well, and you know, when he rotates from that, he'll go to his, uh, you know, his Zeppelin pipe or his cigar pipe that of course debuted a little further on into the 20th century and, or, or, you know, maybe he'll go back to the, to the windshield pipe. Cause you know, when he's on his horse, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and riding through Rohan, he, he may need the assistance of that. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there are lots of options there and, um, you know, yeah, I mean the, the weirder, the better sometimes. And, and like I said, again, you know, um, saying you're in one of the, uh, crazier corners of the pipe world, um, that's, that's saying something. So, you know, it's impressive. Yeah, you gotta own that. That's exactly right. You gotta yeah. own it, baby. You're making a statement. You, you just, just rock it. So, you know, you mentioned that you have seen some of these out in the wild, uh, in the sense that of, from specific pipe carvers and that sort of thing, you know, and you're asking for feedback from those that, that either enjoy this or have enjoyed this because, you know, obviously we like to know that, uh, from the perspective of the smoker themselves, if this is something they enjoy, um, I'm just curious. And again, with no disrespect, but is there any reason, like, like what would compel you to get one of these? Like, would it just be as a collector? You know what I mean? Like what, what, what would be the the reason why you personally, uh, would, or would you ever own one of these? Are you perfectly comfortable? Never, never having a, uh, a desk pipe as part of your collection. 
I, you know, I, I think I've gotten to the point where I probably am perfectly comfortable never having it in my collection, but if I saw one, the, the thing is I've never been exposed to one that I was really able to purchase, or if I saw mm-hmm. and it was for sale that I, you know, could afford or anything like that. It's not like uh, you just, you know, go to the pipe show and there are table after table of Petersons or something, you know, it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not that way. And so, um, you know, it, there's, it's not like uh, even a, a, you know, really nice luxury vehicle that you, uh, you know, you see them regularly enough. You can buy one on the used market. You know, it's, you know, there's always something to, you know, a way to maybe experience one or maybe you drive your friends or something like that. But I, I've never even been around someone while they're smoking a table pipe. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like if I had the opportunity to smoke one, it might change my metric a little bit. But I, I think the, the only thing I would want it for would really be that, you know, collectible uh, experience that, you know, something to, you know, a, a feather in my cap as a pipe collector and as an enthusiast and, and that type of thing. But, um, but you never know, it might be something that, uh, you know, as we continue uh, to go, there, there might be certain opportunities, maybe, maybe specific types of tobaccos burn better in tabletop pipes. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, you have a whole series of blends that are made just to be smoked in that type of pipe because of, uh, you know, the certain mechanics of it. So um, I don't know. The um, the future is unclear. I, you know, it'd be interesting to me. I mean, just looking at these things, it almost seems like this is like a um, a, like a, a softball, like a T-ball, like a like a like a good, like an easy freshman entry into pipe carving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's <laughs> like, cause there's not, you know, and I, granted this might be just the selection that I I'm, I'm looking through here, but I mean, I even see specifically the, uh, the nighttime pipe, the good night pipe, uh, that you were referring to as well. And you almost do kind of wonder like, okay, well, yeah, that's just a, just a block of wood and you'd stick a, stick a tube in it. Like, you know, that, that, <laughs> that seems, seems like that's a fairly, uh, uh, easy pipe carving endeavor. Yeah, you know, you can buy these hobby blocks, right, of uh, of yes. fire where they're basically pre-drilled, right? And so and and the the great thing about those is that you can smoke them from day 1. So like you mm-hmm. you don't even have to carve it. I mean, you literally pull it out of whatever packaging you you purchased it in and and light it up and smoke it. I, I sold it's hard to find them nowadays, so I can't get them very often for our shop, but uh, but I sold one uh, not too long ago at the Country Squire, and uh, someone bought it, and they were like, well, I'll carve it eventually, but I'm going to go ahead and start smoking it now. And so they, they lit it up right there, a big cubist uh, pipe. <laughs> and, and, you know, I actually never saw that particular pipe again, so I don't know what happened to it. But I think the idea of the individual was, you know, hey, I'll just I'll carve it as I get time, and you know, but I'll continue to smoke it. So it's like, well, just get your pre-drilled, you know, block of briar, get your pre-drilled pipe, and, um, you know, stick a tube in it and, and then have at it. And, uh, you know, uh, that's that's pretty much the whole um, idea. Now, again, if you're going to make it properly, uh, you know, or something, obviously, we're, we're not talking about the, you know, caliber of stuff that are made by uh, Chris Kelly and Nate King. That's in its own. Sure. Uh, obviously, that's a, you know, different different discussion and category. But, you know, we're not trying to disparage those type of pipes that are so exquisite. But, I mean, if you're, if you're literally talking about a block of wood <laughs> that has been, uh, had two holes drilled into it and then, a, you know, maybe a rubber hose coming out of the side, um, you know, you can get pretty, um, th- I mean, that's, that's relatively easy to accomplish. The only thing is you're going to have to make sure, you know, with something that, um, that big, there's that many more opportunities for air to escape and heat to escape and, mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff. And so you're going to have to make sure all your little fittings are, are buttoned up. There's no kinks in your hoses and, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, all the fittings around the end of, you know, if there's, uh, gaskets around where the, the mouthpiece meets the tubing and all this kind of stuff, all that's buttoned up real tight. Um, you know, just to make sure you get proper airflow and, uh, and, and, you know, a, a decent draw. So, you know, it's one thing to have a calabash type feel where the draw is loose and, you know, free flowing and, uh, you know, and it, and it has that nice wispy, uh, delicate mouthfeel, but, but, you know, at some point you do need to have some resistance there. You need to have some, uh, of the smoke entering your mouth so you can actually enjoy, uh, what you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that's, uh, that's part of it. So. Um, yeah, that's pipes. I'm so glad we talked about this bad because like one of the things is, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned, this, this just seems so wild and out there. And sometimes when the more wild and out there stuff, you're kind of like, ah, but like, how practical is it? 
And the reality is, I think that it's insanely practical because, like, you know, sometimes, yes, we want to know about, uh, you know, the various flavor profiles of, you know, that you might find in any particular Perique blend and, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the pipes that you'll find if you walk into any shop. But I do think that there is huge value in, uh, in just being able to kind of laugh at ourselves a little bit <laughs> and, and specifically in some of the, uh, the more out there pipe concepts because, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe the age of innov- innovation has more to mind in the future. I'm curious to see what uh, what comes from it. But you know, one of the great things is that while a lot of the innovation that may have come from that era may not have staying power, man, one company that continues to innovate and make some really really fantastic pipes along the way is our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That is exactly right, man. We talk about Missouri Meerschaum every single week because we love them and believe in them and smoke them very regularly. But uh, this week we're talking about the Bell Star Corncob Pipe. Uh, it's part of their Outlaw series of pipes that uh, was created just a couple of years ago. The Bell Star Corncob Pipe was inspired by the shape of a horse's hoof and features a wide nickel band. Uh, comfortable in the hand, the Bell Star has its own unique label and is branded on the side of the bowl with the Outlaw series Bandit. Uh, Crow Valley Pipe Company and Missouri Meerschaum have collaborated on the Outlaw series, and uh, it's become very popular uh, in their nose warmer line of pipes. So you can get this straight from the the source at corncobpipe.com. It retails for only $16.99 and is uh, highly uh, highly rated. They just uh, do a really good job there of getting those pipes out directly to you very fast, and uh, we know you'll enjoy it. So a good pocket pipe that has a lot of appeal. Uh, it's the Bell Star Corncob Pipe. Check it out at corncob pipe.com we'd love for you to smoke it let us know tweet photos out and we'll retweet them we'd love to let the folks at missouri meersham know that uh, we appreciate them for sponsoring the show enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week this week coming in from Logan. Here's what Logan has to say. Uh, Hey, Ent. Hello. I have procured quite a small collection of perfect cob pipes from our friends at Missouri Beershop and have since developed quite deep into the world of smoking fine pipe tobacco. Somewhere along the way, I heard something about, quote unquote, ghosting and started to smoke some particular pipes with particular tobaccos. Since then, I have widened my palate and would like to start my pipe collection basically over, so to speak, so I can re-divide my pipes amongst the various tobaccos. Would I do the old rock salt and ever clear overnight? As a follow-up question, I'm curious if you would suggest splitting pipes between Virginia's and Virginia Periques, assuming as of now between English, heavy aromatic, light aromatic, Virginia's Thanks so much for the show. Been listening to the podcast for such a dang long time, and you guys remind me, uh, remain at the top of my list. Thank you again. And again, that is from Logan 
are ghosting pipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have we have we done that for no, a, uh, for no, a the, Halloween episode? Because I mean, that's that's got to be done. Right? I know the bit alone <laughs> just just demands it, just insists upon itself, really. So, uh. <laughs> oh, that's we we would do that. We would be the ones that would do that. Um, yeah, Logan, uh, great question, man. I'm glad as you've gotten into it, the you know. Uh, Missouri mushrooms you smoked have been kind of a an ally, and you're experiencing all these fun new tobaccos, and you're you're getting into it now and thinking about well, you know, I want to start devoting specific pipes to specific uh, blends, and so um, yeah, I think that's I think that's great. You know, some people actually never get there in their pipe journeys. I, I've got very sophisticated uh, pipe smoking clients that um, you know they they don't care at all what types of tobaccos they put in their pipe. They'll smoke an aromatic right after an English, right after a Virginia uh, in the same pipe. And, um, you know, that that's something folks can do. I, I you know, I'm a proponent of, you know, divvying it up a, a little bit, at least, just so you don't have quite as much uh, cross pollination of, of flavor. If you've already got some, uh, you know, some pipes in your collection, which you do, uh, and you're trying to think about, well, you know, how do I get these uh, kind of cleaned uh, so that we can reset my collection, I can start dedicating pipes to to one thing or another, um, you know, you're going to start with reaming your pipe out. So I don't know how much cake you've built up on these pipes, but, uh, you know, take a, take a thin pocket knife or a pipe reamer and just gently work the cake out, uh, of those pipes while they're cool. Um, and then, uh, scrub them really good, you know, with a pipe sweetener, uh, Everclear, maybe your favorite bourbon or, or rum, uh, you know, some, some type of, uh, alcohol solution that's going to, you know, help you get some of that, uh, buildup out. And then if it is, you know, a really bad, uh, case where, you know, something is just a, a ton of buildup, um, you can, you can try the rock salt method, you know, where folks, uh, will pack it full of, uh, cotton or rock salt. They'll pour, uh, Everclear into the pipe, let it sit it upright overnight and pull a lot of those, uh, extra, uh, you know, carbon particles and stuff out of the, out of the bowl. You know, for me, I, you know, to, to be honest, I probably wouldn't start there. I mean, that would be something I would do if it, you've got a very severe case of, uh, of, of ghosting. But, you know, a, a lot of times if you can just ream a pipe down and then smoke a certain type of tobacco out of it for several, uh, several times in a row... Uh, it, eventually it's just going to take on that flavor. And so, uh, you know, you can go through that method, you know, and, and do that. Um, you know, the only thing you, you want to be careful anytime you're, you know, dealing with moisture, alcohol, and briar. Uh, you just want to be careful not to let it, you know, interact too long with the wood and, you know, that moisture. And then, and then also be sure if you're doing that to, uh, you know, don't let the outside of the pipe get exposed to any type of alcohol uh, or moisture too long at all. You want to immediately get that off if it runs uh, on the outside. It'll really mess the finish up of your pipe. So um, so just be careful. But but I think that is a, um, it, it is a good option. Anytime, though, you smoke something over and over through a pipe, eventually it is going to take that flavor. So even if you don't do the, um, you know, salt and alcohol treatment on your pipe, um, you know, it'll, it'll eventually catch up with you. You may just have to power through a few, uh, muddled bowls there. So, but, um, but yeah, it's good. We, you can, uh, differentiate between, um, you know, the, uh, Virginias and Virginia Periques. That is an option for you. You know, I, I think it's all about, you know, what you want to do and, and uh, you know, how dedicated you are to it. I, I, I personally don't do that. If I really want to get the different flavors of a Virginia Perique or uh, any any tobacco, I'll typically smoke it out of a, a, a corn cob, a meerschaum pipe, or a clay. Uh, and, you know, but, but then on everyday basis, if I, as I'm smoking tobaccos, I, um, you know, will typically let my Virginias and my Virginia Periques kind of kind of play in the same playground, you know, and, and then I've got other pipes that are more devoted to English style blends that feature Latakia. And then, um, you know, and then of course we have um, aromatic pipes. So um, anyway, you get to divvy it up how you want, man, and uh, just, just, you know, have fun with it. But we appreciate you writing in. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've recently started kind of considering maybe resetting a few pipes and, and kind of dedicating them a little bit, just because there are like, for one thing, I've got way more pipes than I have pipe tobacco in my cellar. And yeah. it, you know, I mean, it's that, it's kind of like that old, um, you remember how Steve Jobs wore the exact same thing just so we wouldn't have to worry about it? Yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah. same basic concept. If I just like, <laughs> all right, I'm smoking this pipe tobacco, therefore I'm going to this pipe. It used to be the other way around. I just like, I'd, I'd pick first, pick my pipe and then pick my pipe tobacco. Lately, it's been more yeah. about, you know, what am I kind of, you know, feeling right now for the pipe tobacco? 
And then it's like, all right, well, which pipe do I have that I can enjoy this, you know, the, the cleanest through? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it is, it's interesting how that switch can happen. But a great question, Logan. And hey, if you've got yeah, a pipe question, good. absolutely. If you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send those in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with, with the, the squire. squire. Quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions. This is the Matt Damon edition. <laughs> the Matt Damon edition. Wow. Yeah, we're doing we're doing Matt Damon films today. Don't ask me why. That's just how we're doing it today. So uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> here we go, All right. man. Great. Uh, I'm excited. All right, Rounders versus Ocean's Eleven. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. I, you know, I, I like Rounders, but yeah, Ocean's Eleven. I mean, you know, you got the um, Bellagio and the, you know, the fountains and all that stuff and George Clooney and I, I don't know. Yeah, that one. Okay, this one's tough because I actually, I mean, I love both of these films. Like, it's, these are these are two of the movies that I could literally watch a thousand times over and never get sick of. Uh, Rounders in particular, I remember in college, was like a big movie for me. Um, yeah. And of course, Ocean's Eleven, just the Ocean's franchise is just fantastic. Yeah, uh, sure. I think I'm going to give it to Rounders, not because of Matt Damon, though, but because of... Um, Oh shoot, John Malkovich. Remember his uh Hey That Me and His Money. Like you want to talk about yeah. bad accents? Come on, man. It was man. just such a it was such a poor, like I guess Russian, Russian. accent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> just uh you know, that whole uh con what he when he was burning and turning Bjorn and Tien, Tien. You know? <laughs> It's like, let's try a little harder, you know? <laughs> oh man. That was that was excellent. As a as a connoisseur of terrible accents, I've I gotta tell you, man, that's uh that's some classic uh, stuff. It's a good it was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it, if you've listened long enough or if you're good friends with me, you know I don't watch a lot of movies, but uh by by some miracle I have seen both those movies. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, yeah, no, so I'm I'm definitely going rounders there. Uh but again, Oceans of Eleven, incredible. All right, next one. Born identity or born supremacy? Uh, I never saw the Born Supremacy. <gasps> so I'll go with I'll go with Born Identity. Yeah, I, I did. I like that one. I, I enjoyed it. No, but I never yeah. never saw the uh, the follow up. Listen, Born Identity is great, wonderful concept, good world building. Uh, but Supremacy really did like take it to the next level. The the scene where he's on like he's like on the other roof. You know, he's got the sniper and he's like looking through the thing and he's talking to him and they're like uh, he's like oh you should ask the girl who was there and in Munich or wherever it was. And they're like, Oh, what if I can't find her? And he's like, Oh, it shouldn't be too hard. She's standing right next to you. And then boom, they cut away and they look they're like, where is he? Oh my gosh, he's here. That's, that's some good stuff, man. Born supremacy is fantastic. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right. Next one is uh, the Martian versus Ford versus Ferrari, which Ford versus Ferrari, one single movie, the Martian versus the Martian. There you go. Yeah, and I, I I would have to go with the Martian because there again I have not seen Ford versus Ferrari, but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Martian. I thought it was uh, thought it was entertaining. It's kind of like uh, what was that Tom Hanks movie where he was on the island? He was a castaway in that movie. Was it Lost in on an island somewhere? And my name is Tom Hanks. I can't remember. Anyway, it's kind of like that, but on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The Martian's a fun movie. Very, and they they got like everybody in that movie too. It's a it's a good one. Uh, so I'm going to go with that one as well for the exact same reasons I have yet to see Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, and then finally, this is, uh, uh, Matt Damon cameos, uh, Thor Ragnarok versus Deadpool two, two movies. I know John David, you saw multiple times in theaters, multiple times in theaters. I saw them so many times that I, <laughs> that I, I have forgotten how to have an opinion on both mm. because they were both equally amazing. Yes, so, yes. uh, so I'm going to take a, I'm going to pass on this one just, you know, out of, out of respect. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Thor Ragnarok. His, uh, his portrayal of fake Loki was, um, I mean, it was just fantastic. Just fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's the Matt Damon edition of Quick Fire Questions. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think we could do it. When, when Matt when when Matt Damon plays Gumby in a movie, I'll watch that. You're, one. you're there for that. Okay. I'll, 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 I'm in. I'm in on all that. Right. One. I like it. That sounds that sounds perfect. Let's uh, let's fan cast that. Let's see if we can make that happen uh, for John David, if for no other reason. Uh, so there you go. Hey, that's Quick Fire Questions. If you got some Quick Fire Questions for us, send them in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your, your thoughts, thoughts your, your comments. comments listener feedback listener feedback all right man we got a listener feedback in from jim uh jim actually you know just recently became a patron uh yeah he says uh keep hearing you guys mention what i thought was sheridan pipes uh actually why don't you go ahead and take this one let me let me let me kick that yeah. off again sorry about that 
Okay. Listener feedback this week coming in from Jim, who, of course, uh, we mentioned last week, brand new patron and uh, supporter of the podcast. Man, what did Jim have to say? Yeah, he says, uh, keep hearing you guys mention what I thought was Sheridan Pipes. Uh, which confused uh, was confused because uh, I had never seen or heard that pipe name anywhere, and it finally struck me that Sheraton must be pronounced that way. Am I the only one? <laughs> Turns out I had uh, one all the time in my collection. It's a good pipe. I wonder how Bo pronounced it. <laughs> anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work, and that's from Jim Clough. Um, yeah, you know, one one thing about listening to us, Jim, um, you're gracious that you that you do to begin with, but you have to muddle through our, uh, you know, ridiculous Southern accents. And so, uh, we, we, uh, you know, I, I believe I say the, the word Sheraton, uh, correctly. Uh, but you know, again, that gets muddled with, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, Southern redneck colloquialism. So right. <laughs> it just do the, do the best you can, man. But yeah, we are talking about C H A R A T A N pipes and, uh, they are near and dear to my heart. Matter of fact, I'm, uh, recording at my house right now and, and here to my left, I've got, um, probably about uh, 25 of them displayed on, on the wall. I, I really, really love Sheraton's. So, um, yeah, they are, they are Sheraton pipes, not Sheridan pipes, okay. uh, or Sheraton pipes, uh, that are made by the hotel. But uh, he had me going anyway. on this one, man. Cause I was like, wait a minute now, <laughs> like, is it din or shit? <laughs> like I, you know, I, and it's, it's, you know, pronunciation can be hard for some of us. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, some of us are more, uh, uh, you know, uh, handicapped than others in, in that oh, area. Yeah, in that it's area. just a little so. dyslexia, man. There's nothing. No, dyslexics, man. We 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 know what's up. We know what's up. Untied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, good deal. Great uh, great feedback, man. I appreciate that. And of course, appreciate your support and all of you who are supporting this show to make it happen over at patreon.com slash Radio. We would not be here right now. We would not be able to bring this to you every single week without fail, without your direct support. So if you want to learn more how you can support this show, patreon.com slash Radio is the place to do it. Uh, man, desk pipes. I feel like, like I said, I feel like we've done a public service uh, this particular episode by educating folks on, and I'm just going to go ahead and assume that we're educating a good percentage of, of folks. I know that we probably got some, some long-term uh, pipe collectors out there. You know, y'all are, y'all are the top tier, the creme de la creme. You've got your pipe sellers and your pipe closets are, are even larger than the entirety of the country squire. And y'all probably got a bunch of them like up there on display, but, but for the vast majority of folks, I'm telling you, man, I, I think some folks are kind of in my camp for like what? <laughs> when they first heard of this. I'm glad we could. Uh, That's a in. thing. <laughs> it is. Should it be a thing? We don't know, but yeah, it is. Well, there you go. That that therein lies the pipe community. The question of the pipe community as a whole always, man. That is right. Good stuff. That is right. Yeah, man. Well, of course, we want to let folks know to how to keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. The show's handle is at Squire Radio, and all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, John David, uh, as we were recording, the, the skies opened up, and here in Houston, we're starting to get a little bit of uh, this tropical storm action. So, okay. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to share the wealth with you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but the, the new house is, is located... Um, we're in. We're not in like a flooding zone, but the way that our streets are kind of uh, handled, we happen to be the spot that when the water fills up, it's like right in front of our house. First, first three times freaked me out. Now, whenever I see it, I'm like, yeah, okay, let me get the canoe. We're good. You're like, ah, it's a Tuesday, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, good luck, man. I know everything will be fine, but um, yeah, stay safe, okay? All right, man. You too, brother. Let's go have a day. See you, brother.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.